Hello, Nicola Murphy. It is I, Kelly Mur- Kelly Murphy, Kelly Crichton. <laughs> you went back to your former years there. Uh, hello, sister. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I think we are both <laughs> a little bit stressed out uh, today <sighs> with everything that's going on uh, in the news, etc. And just before we go any further with that, I'd just like you to know my first item on the show today is about de-stressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably do with that. Uh, alcohol also helps, but I uh, might wait a while <laughs> before I resort to that. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's much needed. Um, I need that in my life today, for sure. Um, yes, it's all very depressing. And um, PCR tests going to be coming out of our eyeballs, it seems. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't go anywhere without one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were due to go to London. I don't think that's happening now. And yay, Merry Christmas. At least tomorrow's the 1st of December. I'm going to be blasting Mariah <laughs> tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I had a tea break there about an hour ago and um, Stuart and I had mince pies with fresh cream. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I said that yesterday. I was like, well, this is taking the first week of December. So I'm all about the fucking it's Christmas now. <laughs> it just felt like the right time. It just yeah, felt like I the have- right time for it. Uh and I rarely have fresh cream in the fridge, but I had bought cream at the weekend to make hot chocolates for the kids. Oh, and I was nice. like, yeah, sorry, sir. Fresh cream. Oh, God. Fresh cream and mince pies. Oh, nearly as good as fresh cream. I've never had it, you know, I'd say. It's with fresh cream. Oh, never. my God. It's the best. And uh, for the mince pies lovers out there, uh, little deluxe oh, yeah, mince pies them. are the nicest, categorically. Um, I've tried them all. <laughs> well, mums, mums are probably the best, 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 but uh, you can't buy them. So tough luck, people. But like the thing mm-hmm. is, with mums, they're really savoury. Yeah, they're very the different. Totally salty. different thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like you can't even compare them. Yeah. But yeah, mums are good just because you know they're amazing. Mums are like, eat, you can eat them out of your hand cold, which you wouldn't necessarily always do with other ones. No, you know? the other ones are so buttery. Mm. They kind of, yeah. A lot of them are way too sweet. I like them if they're either salty or alcoholy. One of one of the two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. alcoholy ones are nicer, right? Mm. Yeah. I actually brought um, a bottle of salty caramel Baileys for Christmas. <gasps> oh my God. I mean, death, death by Baileys, but uh, I thought it might be nice. I might open it tomorrow. Baileys <laughs> is, is one of my drinks that I puked my guts up on when I was like in my early 20s and have never drank it since. <laughs> oh, Mind you, it wasn't actually just out. Baileys. It was someone got me drinking brandy and Baileys one night, which seemed like a good idea. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Oh. An Irish B&B. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> no, I don't think we call them that here, but like abroad. It's oh, that is Irish. ridiculous. What or a ridiculous drink. One. It's like it's like a thunderball or something. It's like a few weird names oh, for I don't like Baileys and I don't like brandy and I didn't before oh, then but somebody sugar. handed me one and I was like mmm had about eight I'd say and then vomited for the rest of the night. Oh god. Oh they're so good. Oh I love them. Me and Brian that's our tradition and whenever he calls here Christmas time he brings like a little bottle of, of brandy and a big bottle of Baileys. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to um few Bloody Marys over Christmas because they're such an easy yes. drink and a few White Russians, you know, some nice easy drinks, you know, slow <laughs> drinks. Like I'm looking forward to a bit of that. Um, actually, I have a 
cocktail tip as well later on in the podcast as well. Oh, so. wow. I have us covered de-stressing and cocktails. <laughs> I'm, on <laughs> I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. But yeah, no, I'll tell you about our weekend, which was quite fun. We had a Christmas themed weekend. I'm sure a lot of people Ooh. who are listening watched the toy show on Friday night. Stuart and I stayed up until, well, Stuart stayed up till about 20 past 11 and went to bed, which is about an hour past his normal bedtime. And I was like, I'm just going to watch the end of it. It'll be over soon. And I gave up at 5 to 12. Like, what time did it actually finish at? And why is it on until 5 to 12? I know. I it's insanity. Asleep, actually, yeah. Why yeah. don't they put it on I, at like half eight until half 11 or something like that? Why is it going on so late? It's I know, but stupid. that's kind of part of, part of it, I think. Although, like, it does go on crazy late. Like, even... I remember kind of being like, I thought it'd be wrapping up now at like half 11. Yeah. And it was still ongoing. And like Ed Sheeran came on at like 10 to 12. Yeah. You know, how do the kids keep going? You know. Well, the kids kind of get older later in the night, the ones that come on, you know. But, but still, like, yeah. geez, I can barely see wait till 12 o'clock. I don't know if you're I was 10 think- or- Yeah, I was thinking about it and I was like, it must be the news. It must be they just won't shift the news, you know. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. So why don't they put it on two or move the news to two or something like, I don't know. But I know, anyway. But at the same time, it's been doing it for what, since 75 or something. It never went on to that hour. It never went on to that hour. Yeah, maybe not. Well. In, it wasn't as good this year yeah. as last year. No, last I agreed. I don't know what it was about. Like, I hadn't watched it for years on, and then I watched it all last year. And I think Tuberty annoys me at the best of times. And I was so pleasantly surprised with him last year. And I thought the content was great and everything. Whereas this year, I was just like, oh, cringe for a lot of it again. And I find some mm. of the overproduced stuff, like the dance singing and dancing acts, were just a bit too much, a bit too Billy Barry again. There was less of that last year for some reason. But anyway, it's still enjoyable. Like, it's still nice. And the kids are fabulous. Yeah, some of the kids were lovely. Like, but, but I don't know, some of the first few kids looked like they were after licking sugar off the walls or something. Yeah. They were like yeah. completely not. Their head wasn't in it at all, poor no. Ryan. Like, I do feel sorry for him because it's bloody hard. It's but, that um, mix of, you see, they have to get kids that are eccentric. extroverted enough that they'll talk and not get freaked out by the cameras and they're chatty and all that stuff. But then it's a fine line between that and hyper. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I never saw the end of it. I saw Ed Sheeran coming on and I was like, bloody hell, Ed Sheeran. I couldn't believe it. And then I was just like, they took a break and I was like, I actually can't stay away. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd had like two glasses of wine two hours before, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so that was that and then but the kids were obviously in bed at flipping half at seven so they didn't watch it so I said we'd watch it on the iPlayer on uh, Saturday oh, yeah. what did they, think they were really enjoying it actually and you know what was lovely like you were talking about some of those kids that were a bit hyper and doing silly things and kind of you were like oh god they're a bit hyper Estelle was breaking her hat laughing at those people <laughs> was she yeah <laughs> so you know they see it differently to us like yeah, um, yeah. and it was lovely and of course she loved the, the theme and stuff so they watched the yeah. first I'd say hour and a half before they got a bit like distracted Sick and bored and stuff. Yeah. yeah. so I'll I'll play the rest of it for them this weekend maybe but uh, yeah. then on Sunday we went to see Santa Claus Woo! Santa um, and it, it was at this place that's like a big outdoor sort of winter wonderland thing. Now, to be honest with you, I was not quite in the festive mood myself because it was still November. You know what I mean? And <laughs> although it snowed here the night before, Aww, so there was a good bit of snow on the ground. Me. Yeah, which was funny. Uh, but um, so, yeah, saw Santa, who was great. Lots of amateur dramatics, people working there as elves, etc. And I mean, obviously elves are elves, you know, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and... Yeah, there was lots of different little rooms you went around to then. You went to like Mrs. Claus 
uh, bakery and the Grinch was there as well. And you made gingerbread men and decorated them oh, and stuff. Cute. And then you go to the post office where you met Buddy the Elf and he helped you with your letter. And then you went on to the reindeer training school which was kind of like a little oh, show where there man. there was one silly reindeer and the other reindeer was trying to teach them how to jump and then they got everyone to jump over something including all the kids which was gas um, and then we had a disco an elves disco which was like great except that it was outside and it was on this really uneven floor so everybody kept falling over um, <laughs> and there was also like this big huge playroom that it was just full of toys which was kind of random but cool Aww, and they right. could just play with whatever toys they wanted so it wasn't probably very cool COVID safe but anyway and we had a great time and I mean nice. we, had, we had a 10 year old a 5 year old and a 2 year old and they all had a great time so great. yeah nice. so it was nice and then they had this like big stage outside and tables and chairs and you know little eateries and whatnot. Oh, cute. and the, mu- the kind of music and entertainment bit was just kind of starting as we were leaving but the guy that was kind of comparing it got some of the kids up and it still tore straight up on the stage anyway and they sang oh. Jingle Bells. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was gas. A so, star is born. <laughs> I know, she's about 20 of them up there, girl, don't worry, don't get, don't get too excited. But um, it was fab and she enjoyed it and yeah, it was lovely. So, oh, lovely. Um, And they got a little gift, which is actually kind of crap, but there was so much else there. It was nice, you know. Um, oh, and there was a market as well with all little stalls. It was huge. We were there for about two and a half, three hours. So yeah, it was good. So anyone in Scotland, Connie Fox is a gore. Yeah, did feel a little bit early, I have to say. It wasn't massively in the Christmas tree. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I, everybody. Nearly everyone has their Christmas tree up. It seems to be just totally here now already. I think people are just so pissed off with life that mm. it's like, yay, Christmas. But um, I'm officially waiting till tomorrow to actually play any Christmas music. So, mm. <laughs> But yeah. I did buy a few Christmas decorations at the weekend and stuff. Oh, and, nice. uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for Christmas. Yay. I'm looking forward to it. Can't, cannot wait. Things will hopefully not be getting worse on the uh, COVID front and hopefully things will all be alright so let's just try and stay optimistic I guess is the way to look at it fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed so should we get started get the party started okay here here we are number number one one so yes as I was saying this week I was getting a bit stressed out a bit anxious you know the build up to Christmas the COVID stuff it was all getting on top of me a bit and I had to sort of stop and stop and kind of give myself a talking to and calm myself down and I saw this article on her.ie and I said maybe this is an opportune time to share this advice because I'm sure there are other people who are similarly getting stressed about these these things as well. So here are some tips on how to de-stress. We've probably suggested these in other podcasts related to other things but I thought why not share them again? So first, do a declutter of your home. Clutter and mess are known to cause us anxiety and it's a major stress factor reminding us we have no time to tidy. In fact, now is a good time to do it because if you're putting up decos, you kind of want to tidy yeah. the place before you do that anyway, isn't it? So um, it also stops us um, from being from our home being our haven, the place where we really just lower our shoulders and feel our most in. However, it can be easy to feel overwhelmed at the thought of tackling your whole house in one frenzied go. Um, focus on one area, at least to start with. Ask yourself this one question. Which part of my home is the messiest or causes you the most stress? Uh, is it the kitchen, uh, your bedroom, dining table, etc.? Um, do you need to work out your laundry, baskets, blah, blah, blah? Whatever bothers you the most, start there and you'll soon realise you feel calmer. Uh, and then you can ta- move on to the next thing. This with me is like a constant battle at the moment because everything is so wedged into this house. Like literally you open a cupboard and something will fall out and it's like every cupboard, you know. Ugh. But anyway, roll on next year and hopefully getting a bigger house. Uh, two, 
Be strict about your bedtime routine. No staying up to watch the late, late toy show till 12 o'clock. <laughs> uh, don't underestimate the power and importance of sleep. It's vital when it comes to beating feelings of stress and anxiety. It's so easy to try to catch up on adult time or me time, even after you finally get the kids to bed, as well as running around, getting stuff tidied and everything ready for the next day. But to feel your best and to give your body a chance to rest and recover, you need to make sleep a non-negotiable. Um, we all feel calmer when certain routines are in place and bedtime is the perfect time to be strict about that routine. Find a routine that works for you, be it a bath before bed, hot milk, um, meditation. Stick to getting eight hours at least a night and you'll be guaranteed to feel much better and less stressed out the next day. Uh, I think another good one actually is reading before bed. Yeah. Kind of helps you turn off the phone. Exactly. And just do something that's a bit more non-glary and no screens and all that jazz helps as well. Uh, Number three is break a sweat every day, if possible, and also outside, if possible. Exercise is proven to help us combat feelings of stress and anxiety. And so making time for at least a little bit of it every day will no doubt do wonders for your well-being. If you struggle to make to the gym, find other ways to be active. Walk to work, take the kids to the park after school and jog after them as they scoot or cycle. Or find a yoga session on YouTube and do it on your living room floor. Don't make exercise complicated. Just try to make sure you pencil in some every day and you'll soon see how much energy it gives you and how it just seems to melt away stress and feelings of anxiety. Yeah, I'd have to say going for a run is a great stress buster for me. It usually helps me calm down if I'm not feeling very calm. (laughs) Yes, I'm all for closing the green ring on my watch. That's what I'm trying to do every day now. It definitely helps. Uh, But today I, I took my walk early in the day, so... I have nothing to help me tonight, so I may have to resort to the alcohol tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it, can you you close the different rings for different activities? So like you close a ring for walking? Yeah, yeah, you know, you set yeah. like a certain amount of time, like in mm-hmm. half an hour, 45 minutes or whatever. So I've been trying to do that every day. But um, yeah, it's going well so far. I did a, a little spin class and a big long walk this morning. So it's good. Fair play That's to you. A, Great. I did nothing to do. Well, I walked the kids up to school and back, but that was it. That's a good walk. That's a few mm. key. Mm. Uh, okay, number four, write down your schedule and stick to it. This actually is, I feel like it's something that I could benefit from a bit, but I just don't do it. I just write a list of things and I don't put them in a timer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't schedule them the time they yeah. need. Um, if you write things down, it not only helps you get stuff done, but it prevents you from forgetting about things. Um, you'll feel calmer because you're, no longer just juggling this to-do list in your head. Whether you use a planner or have a calendar on your fridge, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as you write things down somewhere where you can glance at it. To get started, take a few moments on Sunday afternoon and sit down to plan out your week. Write down everything you need to do and remember the different days from dentist appointments to meetings, etc. If you, it can also be a good idea um, in the morning to write yourself a little to-do list for the day, starting with the most important thing you need to do. Oh yeah, that's a good way to do it as well. Uh, <laughs> I have this list on my phone that is a never ending list, you know, and you tick something off and you add something on, you tick something off and you add something on to do list for the week, you know, so I never do them in in order of priority. That's probably a clever thing to do as well. That way you'll feel always like you're on top of your life and less likely to feel like it's time just slipping through your fingers, causing you stress. And finally, practice saying no and do it often. We've talked about this before. Admit it. Sometimes you say yes to things you would so much rather have said no to. Helping out 
organising that baby shower for a friend or, or hosting a big family dinner, volunteering at yet another soccer bake sale or even just accepting an invite to a party or social gathering you feel like you should go to when you'd rather have a night in with Netflix. We're all guilty and we need to get better at saying no when we mean it. Practice makes perfect and becoming better at saying no in a respectful but firm way is a crucial skill. Not only would it give you less stress, but it will also ensure you can manage your time better and have the time to say yes to things that really matter. The only thing I would say with that is if you say no to everything, like you're just a boring old fart and it's very easy to get into a rhythm of saying no to everything, especially after COVID times, you know, um, so sometimes you kind of need to make yourself get up and go to things. And generally speaking, you'd enjoy them. But I get it. I get what it's saying. It's like the stuff that you're like dreading. Definitely yeah, you should be saying yeah, no to yeah. that. Saying yeah. no to it, yeah. I think that they'll, that's probably a good reminder for people too, like in the next few weeks, because, you know, I know I'm still going to do some stuff, but like if you don't feel comfortable to go to it, just don't go to it. That's mm-hmm. the big thing as well, isn't it? Like with Christmas and stuff, don't be feeling under pressure just because it's Christmas that you need to go to the pub or whatever it may be. You know, just say no. Can I just say, wonder. can I just say, your nails look very nice. Oh, I've ripped off two with stress today, so. Oh my God. <laughs> what colour are they? Like a dark kind of ox blood. It's like a battle green. No, they're green. <laughs> oh, they look kind of red from a distance there. Oh, very nice. Uh, very festive. Yeah. They could be worse. They could be mine. I've got like a wedge across the middle of my nails and the tops of them are falling off, so. All of them. Oh, well, <laughs> get them redone for Christmas. Oh, they were. Yeah, that was what that's what happens when you go to a random salon in a random place on a random day and they Destroy use like, cement to put shellac on. Um, but there you go. That was the five things to help us de-stress and not be so anxious. Bet you okay. everyone will be feeling better by next week if they implement that. There Might be needed over the whole December period. It can be quite stressful also, so... Good tips. And we're like, number six, get pissed. (laughs) Okay. Number two. Two. So, uh, this week, I have been watching Selling Sunset. Have you watched it at all? No, but sure. It's one of those ones that you hear about all the time. Well, you wouldn't like it. You never watch this stuff. Like, you see, you need to kind of be. I don't have time. It's kind of like a mix of like Real Housewives. Yeah. Which, like real estate, you know, that's kind of how to describe it. So um, it's on Netflix. There's four seasons now. It is utter escapism trash. Highly, highly recommend it <laughs> for anyone who is just looking for something lighthearted to throw on in the background. Um, really enjoyed it. All the usual bitchy drama it was brilliant. And you get to see all these um, unbelievable, like multi-million dollar houses in the LA Hills um which is incredible so you can live vicariously through them with nice. these unreal houses yeah, yeah. Um, so I was watching that so that was good um I've just kind of been catching up on, on stuff that was out the last few weeks that I didn't watch I also finally watched season three of you you never watched any of that did you no I didn't we talked about it before I think did we yeah we just probably talked about it was back I actually started watching it now so I finished it and again um uh, not as good. The first season was the best of that, really. But again, kind of harmless. Well, it's kind of it's very dark, like very, very, very dark and very violent. Um, but like he's a serial killer, and like spoiler alert, yes. his new wife is a serial killer as well. Oh, sure. I so, feel like I watched it because they they had it on Gogglebox a good few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like yeah. I know the story, but I'd say yeah, I'd say it was all right. I'd say it was fairly watchable. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, so we watched that and then we also watched Red Notice which was actually a good crack at the weekend we watched it it's a new movie Ryan Reynolds um, 
uh, The Rock and that beautiful Israeli actress. What is her name? My mind has gone completely blank. Superwoman. Wonder Woman, oh my God. Oh, Gail Gadu. So she's also in it. And it was good fun. It's really good fun. So if you're looking for something kind of lighthearted to watch, we watched it with Lily. Like, it's totally, you could watch it. Like, it was kind of 12 upwards. Red Notice. So it's about um, a jewellery thief. So Ryan Reynolds is a, a, not jewellery, kind of antiques. He's just a thief, really, a really good thief. And he deals like antiques and stuff like that. And then The Rock kind of gets dragged into it. He works for the CIA. And then she's kind of the enemy in it. because She's also looking for the same kind of antique that they're looking for. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's very funny. Some very good one-liners. I mean, I love Ryan Reynolds. I love The Rock. So it was bound to be hilarious, the two of them in one movie together. Um, it was really good. Good crack, good Saturday night movie, you know, good clean fun mm. um, and a good few laughs. And yeah, it, was nice. it reminds me of anything The Rock does. Like, you know, he did Jumanji and he did like that Jungle Cruise and stuff. They're all very entertaining movies. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds like, kind of does good stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and like Ryan Reynolds, I feel like he just plays himself, like this kind mm. of sarcastic character and everything. And he's just so charming. Mm. Um, So it was really good crack, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, good Saturday night viewing. And it's like simple, straightforward, no drama to it. Um, a few laughs and a good story. So there you are. So lots of random bits this week, not one in particular, but um, I was mm. just trying to catch up on my Netflix viewing. So we're also actually currently re-watching The Witcher, which was out December 2019. And last time I watched it, we had the flu. <laughs> and I can't remember any of it because <laughs> I was so sick when I watched it the first time. Um, so we're re-watching that. Flu. And that's actually very good. And I mean, look, it's Henry Cavill, so he's a joy to watch um anyway and he's the most massive male arse i've ever seen but it's a joy in his leather pants that he wears and he's like i'm blind here and it's just something very sexy about it all so uh yeah he's a great watch he's a great watch the and, witcher uh, and a winter's evening yes the witcher it's it's good it's like fantasy you know Netflix. so if you like fantasy stuff yeah yeah mm. and it's based on the the books so you know a bit of sex a bit of drama a bit of like fantasy monstery kind of stuff elves all that uh, magic good story like love story mm-hmm. yeah it's good it's a bit of everything i really enjoyed it the first time and i kind of remember now i enjoyed it the second time so that's the witcher oh cool so did you um watch anything yourself over the weekend we were watching i'm somebody get me out of here but obviously it got oh yeah what's going it got abandoned, yeah, because of the storm Arwen last week. So it's not back oh. on until, well, tonight. What a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of a disaster, right? And Richard Madeley, of course, went out as well. He yeah. was feeling unwell one night, so he couldn't go back in because they have like a little COVID bubble or whatever. So yeah. um, one thing actually we didn't talk about last week. Oh, actually, it was because we were recorded just before. It was the Bake Off final. Oh Great yeah, British I know who won, all right. Yeah. Spoilers or spoilers everywhere. Yeah. But uh, I was kind of happy with him, all right? Yeah, yeah oh, he was great. Good. And actually, I said to Stuart two or three times throughout the series, I was like, he is just such a nice man. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, he seemed very nice. Like, often Noel or, um, what's his name? The other presenter. Matt. Matt, Matt. would be come up and, bo- you know, they kind of come up and bother the contestants and ask them questions and, you know, when they're under pressure. And he would always stop and answer them. And, you know, he was so polite to them always. Yeah, Whereas nice. Certain people would just be like, we yeah, have whatever. And kind of even, I think even one time, Jürgen said, 
can you go away? You know, so yeah. um, fair <laughs> but no, it was lovely. He was a lovely, very worthy winner. So um, and just a nice guy and a very good baker. So yeah, it was yeah. lovely. I was really happy with nice. it. Usually the person I want to win doesn't win. So I was, yeah, the last few years, I agree with you. The mm. last few years, the people I wanted to win didn't win either. So, so yeah, I, I haven't, I only watched a few episodes of it. I must go back and even, I don't really care that I know who won to be honest. I just want to go back and watch them all. Oh, it's <laughs> such easy viewing. Like it's great. It's great yeah. stuff. So yeah, we haven't really replaced that with anything. We started Grey's Anatomy, a new series. Oh yeah, the new series. Yeah, excited. Oh. And yeah, it seems like a better series already than the last series. So fingers crossed. Although I'm so sick of that Teddy story, Teddy and um, your man. Yeah, I know. That kind of resolves itself, I'll tell you. I'm a few episodes ahead of you, so oh, it's, well. that's, that's kind of nearly over now. So Not the relationship, but like, you know. Just One of them's going to die. Oh, my God. No, no. Nobody's so really died in Grey's Anatomy for a while. Oh, you're mad. Oh, let's not spoil it. But somebody did die last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the last season. I forgot about that. That was very unexpected also. Mm. That was a bit bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if we're like the diehard people that still watch Grey's Anatomy. There's not many of us left. <laughs> I don't know. There's a few people like, there's definitely a few people that still watch Grey's. Like anytime we mention it on here, someone messages us or says, Grey's Anatomy, yes. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But anyway, that was it. And uh, that show trial finished. It was quite good. I enjoyed it. And oh, yeah. we've been watching this thing, Dog Leash, as well, which is a bit random about the poet <laughs> policeman in the 70s. Yeah. Mm. So there's a new thing starting on Sunday Night Drama on BBC One as well. I can't remember what it's called, but it looks good. Kind of someone getting framed for a murder, I think. Moving along a vu. Number three. Three. So the Fox of the Week this week was always going to happen at some stage, but we just hadn't got like, on Like, oh, well, I guess. Is it a he or a she? No, it's a she. Oh, no, I, I don't, don't know if she'll get it. She was in the news this week, but I don't I doubt you oh, would have no, heard about I don't her. Want, so <laughs> so <laughs> it's Malala Yousafzai. Oh, yeah. Malala was born on the 12th of July, 1997. She's a Pakistani activist for female education and the world's youngest Nobel Prize laureate and the second Pakistani Nobel Prize laureate. She's known for human rights advocacy, especially the education of women and children in her native Swat Valley in northwest Pakistan, where the Taliban had at times banned girls from attending school. Her father is an educational activist, Ziadin Yousafzai, and her family came uh, her family came to run a chain of schools in the region. She considered Muhammad Ali and Benazir Bhutto as her role models and was particularly inspired by her father's thoughts and humanitarian work growing up. In early 2009, when she was 11 or 12, she wrote a blog under pseudonym for BBC Urdu detailing her life during the Taliban occupation of her hometown. The following summer, an American journalist from the New York Times made a documentary about her life as the Pakistani military intervened in the region. She rose in prominence, giving interviews in print and on television, and she was nominated for an International Children's Peace Prize by activist Desmond Tutu. On the 9th of October 2012, while on a bus, Malala and two other girls were shot by a Taliban gunman in an assassination attempt in retaliation for her activism. The gunman fled the scene. The attempt on her life sparked an international outpouring of support for her. In January 2013, there was a report that she had become the most famous teenager in the world. Weeks after the attempted murder, a group of 50 leading Muslim clerics in Pakistan issued a fatwa against those who tried to kill her. The perpetrators were internationally denounced by governments, human rights organisations and feminist groups. The name of the group that attacked her are the Tariq e Taliban. I should say that at least once rather than just Taliban because it might be a particular sort of 
regiment. This group, the Tehrik e Taliban Pakistan, have officially responded to the condemnation by further denouncing Yosef Sai, indicating plans for a possible second assassination attempt which they felt was justified as a religious obligation. Their statements resulted in further international condemnation. After her recovery, Malala became a prominent activist for the right to education. Based in Birmingham, she co-founded the Malala Fund, a non-profit organisation with Shiza Shahid. In 2013, she co-authored I Am Malala, an international bestseller. In 2012, she received Pakistan's first National Youth Peace Prize. In 2014, she was co-recipient recipient of the 2014 Nobel Peace Prize with Kailash Satyari of India. Age 17 at the time, she was the youngest ever Nobel Prize laureate. In 2015, she was the subject of the Oscar shortlisted documentary He Named Me Malala. And in the three subsequent years, she uh, Time magazine featured her as one of the most influential people globally. In 2017, she was awarded honorary Canadian citizenship and became the youngest person to address the House of Commons of Canada. She completed her secondary schooling in Edgbaston High School in Birmingham and she won a place at Oxford Uni and undertook three years study uh, in a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy, Politics and Economics. She finished the course last year, but due to COVID graduation didn't take place until this week. Her parents were in attendance, as was her new husband, Asser Malik. They married earlier in November. Uh, reflecting on her time at university, she previously told British Vogue she finally found time for herself during her studies. I was excited about literally anything, she said, going to McDonald's or playing poker <laughs> with my friends or going to talk at an event. I was enjoying each and every moment because I had not seen that much before. Through the Malala Fund, she continues to campaign for girls' education. And in September, the uh, just September past, the Taliban effectively barred Afghan girls from secondary education when it reopened schools across the country for boys only. So Malala's work is not finished as is that of anyone who cares about education for girls in Afghanistan. So there you go. Mm. Oh, very good fact of the week. Yeah. Amazing though, isn't it? The way her life went, like it's crazy. She's so young as well, you know, and to have survived what she survived and gone through what she's gone through. She's only starting out, bless her, like, you know, she's very young. So more power to her sister. Yeah, it's great though. Look at the way her life has gone now and gone to university and all that. So it's great. Nice. I wonder if it's she's nice, going to you know. go into politics or if she's going to sort of stay in charity work and campaigning. Be interesting to oh see. Gosh, who was who was going to politics now? I know. <laughs> yeah, especially when they're killing politicians over here as well, you know. So yeah. it's mad. So there you go. That was Fox of the Week, Malala Yousafzai, number four. Four. So back to my roots of just recommending a random Instagram account to you this week. (laughs) I missed it. I missed the random Instagram accounts. Yeah, rather than a random podcast. So uh, listen, (laughs) this is not complicated, but it's just at Punhub. (laughs) Punhub, as opposed to Pornhub. Yes, exactly. Not to be confused either. So it's just at Punhub online on Instagram. And it is literally just a series of puns and like so it'll be like a picture of like a man and wife talking and it's like speech bubbles and the pun is like added to the speech bubble but um i've hours <laughs> hours of entertainment um so let me read you a few although like they don't really land the same when you're like reading mm. them rather than when you're looking at them mm-hmm. yourself so um so one person told it, your wife says that you never buy her flowers is this true and he replies to be honest i never knew she sold flowers <laughs> <laughs> so terrible oh. and then uh, I got bitten on my walk home by a huge dog oh my god imagine if it had been a small child 
I think I would, I would have fought off a small child. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. Oh, very good. Uh, um, <laughs> have you met my daughter, Beth? And what's Beth short for? Because she's only three. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Uh, Do you have any children? And she replies, yes, I have one that's just under two. And he replies, I know how how many one is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, I think I like the sound of that. I'm going to check it out. So tell us the name again, the handle. (laughs) Sorry, one more. Uh, So it's a man to a doctor. I broke my arm in three places and the doctor responds, well, don't go to those places. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, well, you should have stopped after the first one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Anyway, so that's just it. It's complete trash, but I love it. Um, It's just at Punhub online. And they've got a few followers, just under a million. So you know. Instagram, Instagram or Twitter? And Instagram and Instagram. The thing Actually, about, they have a website too. I, don't know if they, I presume they're on Twitter. Let me pick it up. Right the now. thing about these things is it just disrupts the negativity in your timeline as well, you know, exactly. to have these. That's exactly And it. the woes. And yeah, just all those um, epic puns are also on their Twitter. So it's at Punhub online mm-hmm. on Twitter as well. So. Get on it. They also have a website where you can buy t-shirts and jumpers. With puns oh, I love a bit of merch. So, love a bit of merch. Maybe that's up somebody's street for Christmas. Who knows? But um, you can thank me later. So enjoy. Mm. I love a bit of merch. I saw that Radiohead are selling teapots today. So there you go. If you're a Radiohead fan. Oh, if I was a Radiohead nice. fan, I would definitely buy a Radiohead teapot. Uh, nice. But I'm not a massive Radiohead fan. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Number four. Oh my God. Five. Five. So this week past marked the 20th anniversary of George Harrison's death one of the fab four he died in 2001 from lung cancer at the age of 58 we obviously had the release this week too of Peter Jackson's eight hour documentary Beatles Get Back follows oh yes how was it been did you watch it I didn't watch it I'm actually like it's three hours the first one is three hours long I was like when am I going to have three hours you know so I've kind of decided I'm going to hold off until Christmas because surely I'll get time to watch it over Christmas um, but yeah, the, if you haven't heard about it, the documentary follows the recording of their final album, Let It Be, in 1969. It was actually, all this footage was shot. It was like 50-something hours of footage shot um, for a film that came out the following year. Um, but Peter Jackson went back and like revisited all the footage and it's kind of recut a new um, documentary. So anyway, ev- everything I've read from uh, Beatles fans is like it's brilliant you know it's such an insight and stuff Um, so I'm looking forward to that and but but like quite an epic length of programme too clearly Um, and in fact Paul McCartney watched it and said that like there was one song he'd forgotten he wrote he thought someone else wrote it and and he said as well that it actually changed it altered his view on what happened like there was always this um, kind of um, narrative that the, that that album was the beginning of the end and they started falling out recording that album. But actually, that's not the case at all, you know, and they're quite happy and there isn't how really... How long ago was that? You know, like that, how many years ago was that? What year was that? But I just thought it was an interesting commentary on how your mind can play tricks. And I heard Peter Jackson well, exactly. talking about it the other day and he said he spoke to Paul McCartney about it and what he said was that, you know, he had this the memories that he had of the demise of the Beatles were kind of tied up in that film that came out after well, yeah. filming 
that album being made and essentially the truth wasn't the film. The truth was something else. And this is close to the truth. What's in this documentary, you know? So it's just very eye opening, you know, and I imagine for any of the people that were involved, quite emotive, you know. So anyway, there you go. That's on Disney Plus for anyone who is interested. Oh, isn't it? No, I was just wondering what the timeline, because like, I mean, even if you think back 10 years ago, like all your, you, you, I think you remember life by like the big moments. And like at that time, it was a big moment for them because, you know, they were going through the demise of the band or whatever. So Mm -hmm. no wonder he has this like opinion of it being all tied up in the same thing, but maybe it wasn't because that's just kind of how you remember it, you know? Yeah, because there was a lot of stress when this new manager that John Lennon wants to bring in, I think her name was Anne Klein or something like that. And she arrives, she's in the documentary, she arrives around that time and stuff. But then there's other stuff going on apparently, like there's bits where it's kind of clear that John and Yoko are not like sucking lollipops, you know, they're fairly mm. well on it, whatever they're on, you know, and um, there's cracks, you know, but yeah. it's not, it wasn't the disaster that maybe they thought it was kind of thing. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so that was that. And then this week also marked the 30th anniversary of the death of my hero and yours, Nicola, Freddie, beloved Mercury. Um, the story of his demise is well known by now releasing only the day before he died back in 1991 that he had HIV and AIDS. I remember the day well, even though I was only 10 years old. Queen music had been constant in our house. I often wonder what else he would have come up with if he had lived. But in happier news, Mm. I mentioned cocktails. So Lord (laughs) has told us about her favourite summer drink. And I just read this and I thought, I've got to talk to you about this and tell the listeners. So... And I quote from Lord, a cocktail that I got in, into the last couple of summers, if you could call it a cocktail, is tequila and kombucha. Oh <laughs> uh, she said, so simple, yet so genius, preferably with a hefty squeeze of some sort of citrus fruit. Uh, and she's like, treat yourself to a bottle of tequila and a little bottle of kombucha, preferably with some sort of ginger, like a lemon ginger. Aww. Pour that over ice and add a lemon. Exquisite. So there you go, Nick. That's what we're doing at Christmas. Kombucha. Oh, nice. and yeah, I've kind of poisoned myself off tequila. So. <laughs> Never. Well, no, I think maybe it might be coming back. So a few margaritas a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, they went down well. So my, my taste and love of them might be coming back. But maybe just the homemade ones um, I poisoned myself on, I'm pretty sure. And also on uh, multiple. And others <laughs> on also. So, um, Let someone else make them for you. It's funny, but like, where is she from? Is she American? No, she's British because I'm any of this these things that I watch like Selling Sunset and that like they all drink tequila way more than we drink it here like you know they mm-hmm. drink it as like their first drink when they go to a bar like on the rocks with like you know soda or something mm-hmm. it's mad the way they treat it more like vodka or gin the way that we we treat it more like dirty disrespect dirty <laughs> dirty yeah. disrespectful shot yeah like yeah exactly let's get People fucked up judge me for my love of tequila but like but you, you know, know what i drinking it in terms of it. drunkenness you get from alcohol tequila is by far the best you know tequila makes you happy is the truth you know yeah it is true it is true it, it peps but, you um, up and it gives you a kind of happy buzz i always find um yeah just if you don't overdo it, it. <laughs> yeah and make sure to eat something after exactly hurting <laughs> Exactly. So there you go. That's the five things for this week. Uh, hang in there, everybody. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> It'll especially be okay if you tell someone else to listen to the podcast as well. <laughs> and spread the love around and keep listening. We appreciate your time and your energy to plug us in every week. 
Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and happy nearly first of December to the Christmas time. Happy opening your advent calendars week. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. <laughs> See you all next week. Love ya. Bye. 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 Bye.